Hello, everyone. I'm back. We're back. A short little hiatus from the team previews, but I'm back. And this is the Chaos Ball Podcast with another one for you. This preview is about the AL East, the American League East division, possibly the best division in baseball. I I mean, the East divisions are, are brutal this year. Like, I, you could entertain the NL West, I guess, but not really. It's still the top two teams. Like, the AL West is, it's going to be competitive between four teams-ish, but the AL East has three World Series contenders and two kind of spicy teams who are still trying to make the playoffs. You know, all those other all the other divisions kind of have a team or two teams that aren't trying to make the playoffs really at all. Uh, but the NL East and the AL East both have. I mean, uh, the Orioles and the Marlins aren't like. I don't think their playoffs are die because they're still kind of building their team, but they're still good teams. The AL East is a gauntlet, man. But let's just get into it. The first team I'll talk about here is the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox, what a, what a topsy-turvy few years they've had since winning the World Series not, what, five years ago? Um, been a, been an interesting journey since then. You lost Mookie Betts because you didn't want to pay him. You lost Sander Bogarts because you didn't want to pay him. You paid Chris Sale of all people, and he has been dog shit the past few years, mainly just because he's been hurt. Um, allegedly he's touching 96 miles an hour in spring training, so I guess we'll see. We'll see what he looks like this year. Uh, but but big news this offseason is they did end up re-signing Rafi Devers, which they had to. I think I talked about that when uh, they were doing it. They they really had to do it. Heim, Heim Bloom, the GM of the Boston Red Sox, hired a couple years ago. He had to re-sign Devers. If he wasn't going to keep Xander, he had to re-sign Devers because the fan base would have ripped him to shreds if he let Devers walk or traded him after how they handled the whole Xander Bogart situation. He didn't do the Mookie Betts thing, so that's not on him, but it's not like the fans are going to give him any grace. It's still the team that let Mookie go, so it's not like they're going to you know, forget about it because it's a new GM or anything. Um, but that was good. That was good. They re-signed Rafi Devers. That was the biggest news of their offseason for sure, and it's, it's huge news. Rafi Devers is awesome. Uh, I will say his... His offense is is elite. Um, potential just full time DH in his future, but he has been steadily improving the the third base defense. Like he was a pretty atrocious defender at third base up until last season, where according to Statcast, outs above average, he was only minus two, I believe. Which in the in the past it was hitting double digits pretty pretty easily. Uh, so. He's at least improved his defense to be somewhat serviceable at third base, which is all you can really ask for um, from a guy who produces like that at the plate. But let's get into what they're projected to do. Also, I wrote a short little piece on my new Substack about projections. Should we trust them? Why they're the thing? How they started? Do they matter? Um, it was fun. I, I enjoyed writing 
some some fun little stuff about baseball. And if you find to enjoy anything that I write, feel free to subscribe to the Substack. It'll email you when I write something new. I'll put all the new podcasts up there too, but it's mainly for my little my little short pieces on on baseball stuff. And and you won't need to pay. I'm not setting up any payment for anything. This is all free. So check it out if you haven't. Um, Chaos Ball Substack and sign up to get emails. But without further ado, the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox. This season, they're projected around 80 wins. They're projected to be kind of just right in the middle, kind of right mediocre, which is not surprising when you look at this team and you look at the offseason that they had and just kind of how they're built. I mean, they went 78 and 84 last season. Uh, their Pythagorean record, 76 and 86. So, I mean, makes sense. Like, they, they did, I guess they slightly improved this offseason, especially just by virtue of maybe getting healthy, like pitching wise. Um, just disappointing seasons and, and guys who got hurt last year, like, you know, Trevor Story, what's his health? And we didn't even know what his health is like going into this season. He has like some splint being placed in his arm. They handled his whole situation absurdly terribly. Just so bad. Uh, but, like, your main guys last year were all really healthy. Sander Brogaerts, Rafi Devers, and Alex Verdugo sat in the middle of their lineup. And Bobby Dalbeck, to a lesser extent, he wasn't a great hitter, but he's still young and has a tremendous amount of raw power. But those three guys sat in the middle of this order and played 150 games, 141 games, 152 games. And J.D. Martinez played 140 games. Uh, it really it wasn't the offense that was really bad. The offense was actually quite good. Um, when you look at the numbers, especially in just like how this team played, the offense was pretty good. I mean, Christian Vasquez is a good hitting catcher. He's back this year. Uh, and those three guys that I said were all very positive hitters. Obviously Devers and Bogarts were two of the better hitters in baseball. JD was really good. Uh, Christian Arroyo had a, had a pretty solid year at the plate. Like it, what really went wrong is the depth because beyond the starters and stuff, I mean, who did they have coming in in the wings depth-wise? They had, like, Franchi Cordero, who I enjoy watching hit big dingers, but is just at this point not a positive run creator. Uh, Tommy Pham, Jaron Duran, who's another young guy who, you know, you can't really expect a whole lot from there. I mean, we saw Tristan Cassis play... Um, in uh, in September, and he showed why he's one of their top prospects. He obviously is not ever going to hit for average, but he showed he can he can get on base at a pretty high clip and has insane raw power. Connor Wong is another rookie. I don't know. Eric Hosmer got traded here midseason. It, it's a kind of a weird weird team. Yu Chang is on the Red Sox, who we just saw make the WBC All Tournament team for the Taiwanese baseball uh, baseball team, which was sweet. He had that awesome um, grand slam in Taiwan, which was sick. I don't know. It's a weird team. It's a weird team. So they're projected to just kind of win a couple more games than they did last year, uh, and it makes sense. I mean, they here like what their offseason looked like. It was like a decently active offseason for them. I mean, they traded for Hosmer, and, and obviously he doesn't really fit, fit this 
team in particular right now. So he cleared waivers. They released him. Franchi Cordero was non-tendered. And then uh, some some of these really older guys, these are all plus 30-plus 30, 30 guys, uh, hit free agency. Rich Hill, J.D. Martinez, Nate Eovaldi, Michael Waka, and Matt Strom. And then Tommy Pham had a mutual um, option declined by the team. And then obviously the big one is they lost Sander Bogarts. He opted out of his deal and went and signed with the San Diego Padres. Uh, they made some trades. They traded away like Hoy Park, like Jacob Wallace, Matt Barnes, all gone. Um, Jeter Downs, I guess, in terms of minor league guys, Jeter Downs got claimed by the Nationals, but that was a tough loss for them from a former high pick for the Red Sox. You know, they lost a lot of old guys and they gained a lot of old guys. They added Justin Turner and lost J.D. Martinez, which is as much of a straight swap from Dodgers Red Sox as you'll see. And they added Corey Kluber, which is something he would he threw innings last year. I the Michael Waka was weird. I mean, it might have just been lightning in a bottle last year, but he had a really good year, kind of out of nowhere. And why not just throw him another one one year deal like you gave Kluber and keep him with the team? I I don't particularly understand that. I mean, they signed Adam Duvall again, old, will play. They signed Jorge Alfaro, which I'm all for. I I love Jorge Alfaro. Fantastic culture guy. Has the clutch gene. Uh, they, they signed Kenley Jansen as well, who I don't particularly enjoy this signing. He's 35 years old. I don't think we can really trust him anymore as an elite closer. Um, and I guess you had to replace like Matt Barnes and Matt Strom somehow. <laughs> but, like, come on. I mean, they signed... Chris Martin and uh, Jolie Rodriguez, um, both relievers, will fill their reliever gap that they lost a little bit last year. Um, but they didn't they didn't markedly improve the bullpen, and the bullpen was a huge problem last year. So I I still see that as a fairly large issue for them this year. Probably their biggest issue. Uh, the offense, you know, projects to be fine. The offense projects to be pretty good. I think in terms of uh, uh, Fangrass war, the offense projects to be in like the 10 to 15 range. Like their offense projects to be right around like the Orioles, the Guardians, the Mariners, the, like even the Phillies offense. It projects to be around there. So a, a pretty solid offense. Uh, but the pitching doesn't project to be quite as good. Uh, a lot of it will for sure rely on health. Um I'll get into the pitching a little later. I do want to touch on Masataka Yoshida. Uh, as much as a big loss Sander Bogarts was, this is a huge, huge gain. I think he got a lot more money than people expected. I think he did have a $15 million posting fee, which was probably included in this. So probably had to pay a little bit more than they wanted anyway. But I like Masataka Yoshida. I mean, he looked great in the WBC. His bat will 100% play in the big leagues. He seems like a bat-first outfielder who can hit for average and have some pop. Um, it's tough for the lefty in Fenway. You, 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 you want like a, 
if if you want a, a, a contact hitting outfielder in Fenway to lock into a lot of power, uh, maybe hit from the right side of the plate. But I think gap power at least and, and hitting wise, it will play in, in Fenway and he looks like an all around good player. I know the huge question was his defense uh, and his defense looked fine in the WBC and, and everyone from Red Sox camp that I've read about um, talking about this guy's Obviously, they're working heavily on his defense for left field, uh, and they like it more than it grades out. Uh, but I, I think like the defensive metrics and how they grade defense in Japan is a little different than how the MLB does, so I don't know how well that translates, to be honest with you. Um, the one thing I do know is it's left field in Fenway Park might be the most unique outfield situation in the world um it's very small so for a guy who might not have a lot of who might not have a lot of range yeah i mean it's it's great because it's just a small outfield in general it's it's very small out there because you're just kind of uh sandwiched between the infield and this gigantic wall but the other thing is learning how to play baseballs off of the green monster seems like a very daunting task i foresee this year he might you know he might have a good part of the year just getting used to playing left field at Fenway Park and that's fine uh but I think his bat will play and he seems like a really cool dude and I'm excited to watch him play stateside I really am I I really wanted the the Mariners to go after this guy to play left field uh because he just looks like a pure hitter pure hitter uh, and who did they acquire anyone of note? I mean, they got uh, Richard Blyer from the Marlins. He throws in the bullpen, another just kind of guy from the, in the bullpen. And then they made the somewhat notable trade with the, the Royals for Adalberto Mondesi and Wyatt Mills. Go Zags, by the way, Wyatt Mills. Uh, but, I, I mean, Wyatt Mills, he throws in the bullpen as well. They filled their bullpen with guys who can throw major league innings, and that's something. But Adalberto Mondesi is so intriguing. He's always been intriguing. He's he's Byron Buxton-esque, where man, if he's healthy, he looks great. Uh, and in all time, if he's if he's healthy, he MVP candidate to a lesser extent than Byron Buxton for sure. But similar, he plays a premium position and he can't stay healthy. Um, elite speed, good defense. He just he cannot stay healthy. He never has been able to. And at this point, you don't expect them to. The Red Sox didn't acquire him being like, yeah, we're going to expect him to play 150 games. They know he probably will play closer to 70 to 80. They'd love 100 plus, but he's only done that once in his career. So he will serve, I guess, as depth to, to Kike Hernandez at short. Sounds like Kike will be playing shortstop. Uh, and then there's a lot of young guys on this offense that – I'll be looking forward to watching this year. You have uh, Reese McGuire, who's no longer young, but he's a former first-round pick. So there's that pedigree there. He'll probably be taking the first-base mantle. Him and Connor Wong will probably platoon over there at first base. Or catcher, my bad, catcher. Ugh, catcher. He'll be catching. Uh, first base is Tristan Cassis. He's he's locked in. Tristan Cassis, one of their top prospects, Um Insane raw power. Uh, I don't know exactly what his defense grades out at at first. I think it is fine. 
but he's really big and crazy bat speed, really good raw power. Um, hasn't hit for like a that much power in the minors. If you just go look at the home runs, he hasn't hit for a lot of power. But also a good reminder, Aaron Judge didn't hit for that much power in the minors, and I'm not, I'm not comparing these two. I'm just saying. I trust the scouts, and I trust what I saw last year when he connects with a ball. He hits it really fucking hard. So uh, he will be their everyday first baseman. Then Christian Arroyo, who I really like at second base, uh, will start there. And then I don't know what is happening with Trevor Story. I don't even want to get into it. I would end up talking about this whole Trevor Story uh, situation that has developed these past couple of years for too long. So I'm just not. Uh, he's hurt to start the year. <laughs> so he will be, I guess, backing up Christian Royo or even playing uh, every day when he comes back. I don't know. Uh, Kike Hernandez will be the shortstop at Alberto Montes. He will probably get a lot of play there, though. Hey, he'll probably play at second base, too. We'll see. Um, we'll see what he produces. And obviously at third base, Rafi Devers. And then outfield, Masataka Yoshida, Adam Duvall, and Alex Verdugo. I'm not quite ecstatic about Adam Duvall in Fenway center field. I think that is a recipe for disaster. But they do have Raimel Tapia uh, as well, who has been uh, – he was on the Blue Jays last year. He was on the Rockies prior. He's a good defensive outfielder, so I think they at least have that option if they don't want to roll with Duvall in this situation. Every time I'm trying to record a podcast, I swear to God, the yard workers in my neighborhood – know and deliberately start to do yard work outside my window god just so annoying um where where was i red Sox. uh yes i was talking about the defense adam duvall whatever moving on alex verdugo i enjoy alex verdugo in right field so that's fun and then the dh they will be without uh jd for uh he was holding down the dh spot on this team for quite some time and it's just Justin Turner now, and Justin Turner can still hit well. Like I said, they swapped identical guys in their DH spot, Justin Turner and JD. So not too worried about that. The pitching is where things get dicey, y'all. It's where things get real dicey. Uh, Corey Kluber, Nick Pavetta, Chris Sale, James Paxton, Garrett Whitlock. I look at that rotation, and all I see is injuries. All I see is you know, Chris Sale at his peak, fantastic pitcher. I don't, the projections are projecting him to have a great year, and I simply don't believe it. I I mean, I want to believe it. I want to believe it. Trust me, I want to believe it. I just don't. Um, Who I do like, however, is Brian Bayo. I think Brian Bayo is one of their, one of their best pitchers. If not, they're going to be their best pitcher this year. I'll, I'll go out on a limb. If he throws consistent innings, he's great. Um, he, I actually, I know his forearm has been hurting in spring a little bit, but um, I, I am assuming he'll slot in mid rotation because I know at least, at least right now, um, James Paxton is hurt and Garrett Whitlock is hurt. Again, after that, I don't know who they turn the ball over to I get they got a couple guys close to MLB ready like prospect wise Brian Mata and Brandon Walter but like I this could go so poorly 
in the bullpen, they did improve their bullpen at least. I mean, Kenley Jansen at least projects to still be good. I'm just not buying it. Uh, John Schreiber, Chris Martin, Ryan Brazier, Richard Blyer's fine. Uh, I do like Chris Martin a lot. That was a good good addition. And John Schreiber as well. I like Cutter Crawford because his name's Cutter Crawford. Uh, Tanner Houck is an intriguing prospect. Gioli Rodriguez. I think the bullpen will be better than last year. That is a very low bar, but I think the bullpen will be better than last year. I just think things could go really wrong. Uh, health, if they're not 100% healthy in the pitching staff, I, oh, sheesh, I can see their win total veering more in the high 70s like last year rather than reaching the 80 mark. Um, but according to BetMGM, what is their over-under? It's 77 and a half, and God damn is Vegas right on it. That is like right where I'm expecting this team to win. I hate Vegas, but I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the under. I don't like this team very much. Um, I'm taking the under on 77 and a half. Uh, you can take that one to the bank, and we'll be moving on from the Boston Red Sox. Let's talk about the Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles. What they do last year? They arrived a little early last year. I think everyone will tell you. They went 83-79 and 79 last year. That's a winning season. Their Pythagorean was 79-83, so it swapped. They definitely won a couple um, down the stretch, a couple games. They just willed themselves to, to win. Uh, this is a pretty fun this is a pretty fun team to watch last year. Uh, a lot of young guys going forward this year, even more young guys. So much optimism. Uh, I really, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think this team is looking to make the playoffs this year. I think obviously that'd be cool, but I think at least the message the front office sent to the fans and everyone this offseason is like, we're not going to go crazy. We're not going to spend a lot of money because we don't think it fits the timeline yet. And I don't necessarily disagree with them. I think they definitely... Um, arrived a little early last year and I, I'm not saying they're set for a setback but I don't think they take a huge step forward this year um, they're still kind of waiting on development of some of their key guys that being said they're projected same as the Red Sox they're projected around high 70s uh, a little bit lower projections than the Red Sox I think by virtue of um, just what the computer's think they did last year compared to probably they won't repeat again this year. I don't know. I like this team. I think they're going to place fourth again. I I think the Red Sox will be fifth again in this division because they had some breakouts who I think they will sustain breakouts. I mean, Adley Rutschman, obviously awesome player. I think if he, if they don't manipulate his service time and he plays a full season, I honestly think he wins rookie of the year over Julio. If he did the same production, I mean, he put up like almost six war in 113 games as a rookie catcher. Uh, clearly was really good with the pitching staff. Showed with his bat that he can take a lot of walks. He has pop in his bat. Uh, good defensive catcher. Like he just looks like franchise cornerstone catcher, which is really hard to come by. Uh, and is just an awesome player. And you all know how much I love Julio, and it pains me to say it, but yeah, if he if Adley Rushman plays 140 games, I think he wins Rookie of the Year. Um, 
they have, you know, they have good players all around. Anthony Santander kind of had a breakout last year. I look for him to build on that this year and hit more big dingers. Cedric Mullins, um, somewhat, somewhat of a down year last year. Still, um, still a good player. He just wasn't. I mean, he put up 137 OPS plus in 2021, and only 104 last year. I mean, he got MVP votes in 2021. He was that good. Um, that being said, he still put up what four, four WAR this season. I think. Terms of baseball reference. So still a good player. I, I look for him to not to hit better than last year. Maybe still not quite as good as 2021 was, but he's a good player. And then obviously, like you got Jorge Mateo, who's at shortstop who had a good year, I want to say, in the field last year. Ramon Urias at third base played well last year. Um Austin Hayes in left field. Their team was just their team was just pretty well balanced last year because they had they had a good young offense who excelled at getting on base and had decent pop and then you had young guys in the pitching staff who just threw a good amount of innings. Jordan Lyles was just a workhorse. Dean Kramer, Kyle Bradish, uh Spencer Watkins, Austin Voth all put up good numbers. I look for Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer, younger guys to to build on that last year, I think they were not worked as much as they could be, but Dean Kremer was really good when he pitched and, and Kyle Bradish disappointed a little bit more, but I, I think Kyle Bradish is not, I don't think he's that bad of a pitcher. Um, Especially like what his raw numbers show. I think at least he grades out better than that. And I think his peripherals were a little bit better than his raw numbers. Um, but their bullpen was really fantastic last year. Their bullpen was really fun to watch. Jorge Lopez was elite from the closer position last year. Dylan Tate is filthy. Uh, they had they have dudes who are just nasty. They kind of they kind of did the the Rays Astros sort of thing. They got these dudes in the bullpen who have crazy nasty pitches. Felix Batista, Brian Baker, Dylan Tate, and they're just like, all right, man, throw strikes. Like don't don't try to paint the edges. Just trust your stuff and throw throw it in the strike zone and it worked. It worked for most of them. So they really it wasn't it wasn't a fluke last year, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um they really earned the amount of wins that they put up last year and they they almost made the playoffs. It's crazy to say they almost made the playoffs last year. Um so really how do you follow that up is just building on that and the plethora of young men they have in this organization who will make the big league roster this year is astounding. They, I mean, Gunnar Henderson will play a full season this year and is the favorite for AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is another favorite for AL Rookie of the Year, although I don't think he'll be up with the team immediately. I think they might make him wait a little bit, but he is the best pitching prospect in baseball. Looks every bit as advertised. Um, then they got D.L. Hall, another pitcher, Southpaw, who uh, threw a little bit for them last year, or did he? Or did he? Yeah, I, I know he was up in September. I want to say and pitched out of the bullpen, but another one of their top prospects. And the the infield prospects they have in this organization is crazy. Um, 
especially near MLB ready guys like Jordan Westberg is probably going to make the team this year as well. Uh, Joey Ortiz plays up the middle in the infield. He'll probably make the team as well this year. Connor Norby, uh, he's outfielder, middle infielder, who will also probably see the MLB time this year. Um, and that's on top of uh, Jackson Holiday, their first round pick last year, who was a shortstop, who obviously way farther out from MLB ready. But in the future, you you could have Gunnar Henderson third base, Jackson Holiday shortstop. I mean, this team is all about the future. This team's all about the future. That is what this team is built for. That's what they're they're looking towards this season. Uh, I don't know what it would take to call this season a success. I think you can't slide from last season. I think you at least have to um you have to keep up the same production. So they they're gonna have to be in the wild card race, I guess, a little bit. But I, again, it's not a make or break. If they make the playoffs, it's a win. If they don't make the playoffs, it's a lost season. It's not. Um, you look to build on the young guys' seasons last year, and you look to keep developing the prospects they have to potentially have the best young core in baseball in a year. Uh, with Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, um, and um, like Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, just. Dale Hall, like just really, really good young guys. Anthony Santander, he's not young, he's in his prime, but he is a really good player. He had a breakout last year and he will build on it. Um, so what their team's looking like, though. As we know, Adley Rutschman will man the catcher position. Ryan Mountcastle, everyday first baseman. Uh, they signed Adam Frazier, one of their few offseason signings this year. And I think it it makes a lot of sense. Their second base was kind of a hole for them last year, and Adam Frazier at least provides some stability there. Uh, I mean, we all know who Adam Frazier is. Um, he will at least hopefully play a lot of games for them. I'm, I'm assuming we might see some more uh, Ramon Urias out there, Jordan Westberg, but Adam Frazier will be the starting second baseman at the start of the year at least. Jorge Mateo. Uh, will be their starting shortstop, and then Gunnar Henderson at third. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see because Gunnar, I don't know whether they want him to be a full-time shortstop, full-time third baseman. I'm assuming he'll play both this year with Ramon Urias playing third base a lot of the time as well. Um, And then when he plays third, Gunnar will play shortstop. And then when Gunnar plays third, Jorge Patel will play shortstop. I don't know. I guess... We'll see this season if uh, he looks better at third or short. I don't know long-term what they think he'll be, but it's intriguing. He'll play both, and then we'll see what his defense grades out at. And then Austin Hayes will be in left, Cedric Mullins in center, and Anthony Santander in right field. And then we'll probably see one of their other top prospects, Colton Kowser, up this year playing a little bit of the outfield. Uh, But that is their outfield situation. And then their DH is kind of up in the air. Uh, they signed Frenchy Cordero. They have Santander who can play DH when he's not playing the outfield, obviously. But then the, I think Kyle Stowers will probably play a lot of DH for them this year. Um, yeah, that's what, at least what it projects at. So interesting, interesting. And then the pitching staff is not where this team shines, but I there's upside. There's so much upside. They have Kyle Gibson. We kind of know who Kyle Gibson is. Uh, Cole Irvin they traded for. 
which is definitely a huge upside pick. He uh, mildly disappointed with the A's, I'll say. And then I talked about Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer, and then obviously Grayson Rodriguez will be up pitching this year. And boy, is everyone excited to watch him. He just looks, he looks like every bit as the real deal, man. He, Philly fastball, great changeup, like good secondary stuff to complement just an elite fastball with, with solid command and high K rate. And, you know, it's harder to project starting pitchers. And I don't think we should keep so much expectation on him as, uh, a rookie starting pitcher, even if he's uh, highly touted as a prospect. I think it's the same with Andrew Painter. Um, he's obviously hurt right now, and I didn't get to talk about that in my preview. But uh, we shouldn't just expect, especially starting pitchers, expect these rookies to hit the ground running. There will be some some curve. But Grayson Rodriguez looks like if there's going to be anyone who doesn't need as much time to acclimate to big league ball, it's Grayson Rodriguez. So. And then John Means. You remember John Means? He's hurt, unfortunately. He's been hurt. He's been hurt for a long time. Uh, elbow issues, Tommy John. Just uh, had such a good year in 2019 before uh, the COVID season. Even in the juice ball era, he his stuff looked pretty good. And, um, and he had a good 2021 after the COVID season. I didn't especially care for his expected numbers, but he does give up a lot of fly balls. So his expected numbers will generally just look worse than most because he doesn't pitch to a lot of ground balls. And then um, didn't throw really at all last season because he um, he got hurt. He threw a no-hitter, remember that? Uh, (laughs) But he, yeah, he had to get Tommy John last year. And I, I don't know... I know he's been, I think he's been throwing. I don't know what we're expecting to see from him this year. I know he's obviously starting the year hurt. I don't know how many innings they're expecting to get from him. I don't know. It's just, that's just, it's a tough situation. I hope John Means can get back to throwing well. And their bullpen, I don't really have much issue with, man. Uh, Felix Batista is awesome. Um, Deal Hall will be in the bullpen. Dylan Tate is starting the year hurt as well, but will be, um, back i don't know when he'll be back i know he they saying he he's been thrown off the mound in spring but slowly um and i i don't know man i think depth at the at the bullpen and pitching positions might cause some issues for them this year like a lot of teams like i was just talking about the red Sox. i it's light depth wise um but the offense will be super fun to watch Definitely looking forward to watching Gunnar Henderson see if he will actually win Rookie of the Year. Second year Adley Rutschman, how can he even top what he did last year? How can he top it? Play a full season and do the same things. Like, <laughs> there wasn't much he did wrong last year. So uh, I I hope Cedric Mullins has kind of a bounce back year. He wasn't like a below the average last year. He just wasn't as good as 2021. And boy, he's perennial 2020 ceiling 30 30 guy and good defense in center field uh he's an awesome awesome player and i really do like anthony santander and expect him to hit a lot of dingers this year and not regress from last year so i'm i'm high on the orioles mainly just because upside optimism but the pitching depth and just the pitching in general i can see them running into some issues there 
So let's take a look at their over-under, shall we? According to BetMGM, their over-under is 76 and a half. I'm taking the over. Uh, taking the over on the Orioles, under on the Red Sox. Over 76 and a half for the Orioles. You can take that one to the bank. And that is the Orioles. Let's move on. I think I'll talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. Last season, I guess I'll say it was not a big success for the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, they went 86-76, and 76, third in the AL East. They lost a wild card to the Cleveland Guardians. Not how they wanted their season to end. But given how many injuries they had to deal with last year, that's not a terrible outcome. I'm sure they, they wish they would have gone further in the playoffs, but at that time as well, very hurt. I mean, you have one of the better balanced teams in the league when all healthy, but like last season, you had like before the season even started, the the year before, Tyler Glasnot, Tommy John wasn't expected to pitch at all. He did he did come back at the end of last season, um, and pitched like what what did he pitch like two games, three games maybe? He, he barely threw, but he threw a little bit at the end of last season. Um, you had Shane Baz who had surgery at the start of the year, and then by the time the end of the year, he threw a couple innings and then needed Tommy John. So that's not ideal from one of your top prospects and a potential ace in Shane Baz. Brennan McKay had thoracic outlet syndrome surgery and then um, also had Tommy John surgery right around when Shane Baz did at the end of the year, which also just kind of sucks for a potential um, stalwart of their rotation. That's That hurts. Um, they dealt with, you know, the the nagging injuries that most teams deal with, but then they had Wander Franco. I know he, he hurt his quad last year, and then he had to get hand surgery, and then that ruled him out for the rest of the year. He only played, like, half the season. Francisco Mejia only played, like, half the season. Brandon Lau played, like, 60 games, which sucks because Brandon Lau is awesome. He had back issues and like some some random ass injuries last year. I think it was mainly his back. Um and then towards the end of the year, I mean they had Andrew Kittridge. She had to get Tommy John. Mike Sanino also had to get thoracic outlet syndrome. Kevin Kiermeyer had surgery. Um Nick Anderson was dealing with health issues all year. Uh it just it, for all of all the injuries they had, honestly, they put together a pretty good year. Um Going into this season, I they have to try to like a success this season wouldn't necessarily be winning the division, but I think they can win the division. I think just by virtue of entering the season a little bit healthier at least than they were last year, uh, I think that's a plus. And it's encouraging that the rotation last year was pretty healthy most of the year, uh, and it was a good rotation. Corey Kluber, as I elaborated with uh, earlier with the Red Sox, he was fine. He had a 4-3 ERA, but he threw 164 innings. Um, and was, I mean, that's fine. Sometimes you just need guys to do that. But they have Shane McClanahan, who saw young level season last year, one of the best pitchers in the American League. Drew Rasmussen, continually, continually and underratedly really good pitcher. 
Um, Jeffrey Springs started a lot of games for them last year through 135 innings. Uh, and really, like, I mean, they ran with four starters last year the whole year, basically, because they were without glass now. And then they went with uh, openers and, and relied on their bullpen to throw a lot of innings. But it was really good for them. It's the Rays. Uh, they will continually churn out very good and serviceable bullpen arms so they can get away with not having a fifth starter. Like Jason Adam, Brooks Raley, Ryan Thompson, Colin Poach, Pochi, Pochi, Jalen Beeks, they just re-signed. He's great. Ryan Yarborough was great for them last year. Threw, just threw a lot of innings for them last year. Um, JP Faye. Oh, God. Faye God, I can never say his goddamn name. You know who I'm talking about. Pete Fairbanks, like JT Chargois, Andrew Kittridge before he got hurt. Just a, just a lot of solid bullpen arms, which is not surprising given it's the Tampa Bay Rays. But this year, they at least project to have four stars again. Um, unfor- uh, the, at least I'm doing this one later than the other ones. I would have said they have five starters projected to start the year this year before the news of Glasnow's injury. I know he hurt his oblique, which kind of sucks, man, because oblique is... He's not throwing, so he's definitely not going to start the year. Um, I would be surprised if he threw 100-plus innings this year unless we were lucky to see that. Just just simply because obliques are so finicky. Obliques are so tough for a baseball player. Um, they can just nag and nag and nag. And I don't even know what the timetable is for him coming back because he's not yet throwing, so we don't know. The whole shitty thing about obliques is – you do all the rehab, you come back, you throw, you ramp up, you throw, and then you you tweak it again because obliques are just obliques just suck, man. Especially doing crazy shit that they do, uh, twisting their bodies around playing baseball. So they did sign Zach Eflin this off season, which was a good signing. Broke the record for biggest race signing ever. It was like what three years, forty two million biggest free agent signing they've ever had. So they lost Corey Kluber and they gained Zach Eflin, which is a big dub. Zach Eflin, great pitcher. I think really fits the Rays mold, throws a lot of strikes, um, induces a lot of soft contact. And that just plays into what the Rays are all about, man. So the rotation right now going into the year is Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, uh, Jeff Springs, and Zach Eflin. And then presumably an opener at the five spot until glass now gets back. Uh, which is fine because they have a projected to be a really good bullpen again this year. I mean, uh, their bullpen is going to be Pete Fairbanks, Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Garrett Clevenger, Colin Poach, Ryan Thompson. Just all of those guys are are just good bullpen arms. And I'm sure they will have guys like Sean Armstrong come up when he's healthy again and pitch. Um, Yanni Chirinos will probably open games for them once. I don't know. When Andrew Kittridge is going to be back, presumably later in the year, he'll slot into the bullpen. Uh, Heath Hembree's out there. They'll probably, like Kyle Crick, um, they'll have guys, it's the race, they'll have guys come up and pitch in the bullpen and be good. So I'm not worried about that. Um, I'm just, I'm high on this team coming into the year, again, by virtue of they're just healthy coming into the year. I know that can, uh, that can change, obviously, but projecting, I'm, I'm not projecting awful injuries like they had last year, even though it could happen. Uh, but they're speaking of projections. Every projection is kind of has the raise at 85 to 86 wins. This was one of the teams, especially between Pakota and the zips projections 
they kind of both had them right at 86 wins, which uh, is pretty rare. Usually there's a couple game difference for each team with projections. So I think the projections are pretty confident with projecting the Rays as mid-80s team like they have been the past six, seven years. Uh, I think they can win this division. I don't think the Blue Jays or the Yankees are head and shoulders better than the Rays uh, for a couple different reasons, but I like the Rays' depth at each position. They always have good depth, and again, coming into the year healthy is huge. So, Wander Franco coming into the year healthy. I'm I'm high, I'm so high on Wander Franco having a huge year this year. Hurt all last year. We've seen what he can do. We know what his ceiling is. I really want him to play close to a full season, 600 plate appearances, potential six to seven war shortstop. Uh, I we haven't yet seen the power kind of manifests itself. We know the raw power is there. Um, we've seen the contact rate. We've seen the solid defense, the solid base running. I would like to see him tap into his raw power a little bit more this year, and I think he'll do that. But getting Brandon Lau back is huge. Um, Brandon Lau, the best hitting second baseman in the past five seasons in the MLB, for sure. Um, him or Marcus Semien, I guess. Um, but I would take Lau. He's the best offensive second baseman in the game when he's playing. And getting him back healthy to start the year is good. I do worry a little bit about the back. Um, but if he can avoid being out for more than like 50 games this year, that's a, that's a plus because he only played 50, 60 last year. Uh, Yandy Diaz, I really like at first base. Francisco Mejia and Christian Bethencourt as a two catcher duo is fantastic. Francisco Mejia can rake from the catcher position. He can. I'm not saying he will. I think he can. Um, he hit well last, uh, decently well last year. I, I want him to take a step forward. He's a top prospect. I think he can, but Christian Bethencourt, very good behind the plate. So that's just a good one too, right there. A guy who's stronger at the plate in Mejia and then Christian Bethencourt, who's he's fine at the plate, but his, his values defense. And then you have like Isak Paredes and Yandy Diaz, potentially at third. We'll see some Curtis Mead, one of their top prospects who played a little bit last year again. And then Taylor walls as well as a backup. And, uh, Taylor Walls uh, is a very interesting player. I think his offense, I don't know if his offense will really play at the major league level. The K rate's a little high. He can walk pretty well, and he definitely grinds out plate appearances, but um, I look forward to his base running and potentially making some defensive strides this year just as a depth guy. One person I really was disappointed with last year is Vidal Brujan, a top 100 guy, one of their top prospects, uh, he came up in 2021 briefly, and then he um, he was going to play full season last year. He was a little hurt, but when he played, he just wasn't good. Like, the defense was there. Uh, the defense was there from, from second base. He played a little outfield and short. But the offense just wasn't there. Um, and I know he doesn't really have power, but for a potentially, like, 300 hitter with really good speed and solid fielding. I wanted to see a little bit more contact, less K's. I would love to see him draw more walks. He didn't really walk that much last year. Um, Cause really his value is him getting on base. 
And it's it's pretty hard to project a guy like that. Obviously, I've talked about projecting contact guys. It's just harder to do because they're more BABIP reliant. And his BABIP was very low last year, but he also wasn't hitting the ball especially hard. Uh, I look forward to seeing what he does this year. Potentially, if he steps up for an injured infielder, I might be higher than him on higher on him than other people. Maybe it's because I have his uh, tops rookie card. Uh, and I'm hoping he does well. I don't know. And then they have this dude in left field. His name's Randy Arozarena. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, I, God, I love Randy. Uh, really big in the news right now because of the WBC. And if I hope casual fans who didn't know about Randy watch the WBC and now they know about Randy. He's electric. He's amazing. Turns up in the biggest moments of the game. Just electric, just a fantastic and wonderful baseball player. Uh, and then um, that's the left field situation with Margot kind of floating around as a depth piece for every um, outfield spot, which is great because he's just solid defensively in every outfield spot. Good on the base paths, doesn't offer a whole lot with the bat, but we know what Manuel Margot is. Jose Siri in center field, one of the better defensive center fielders in the league, I think is really, really useful. Uh, and they don't necessarily need him to be a good bat he'll just he'll hit lower in the lineup and be a great defensive center fielder and then josh Lowe in right field right field's probably the weakest point i think it'll be a josh Lowe, manuel margot platoon situation in right field which is fine um and then dh i'm sure yandy will dh a little bit when he's not playing first or third um, but harold ramirez will probably take the DH position for most of the year um, and be fine. He was actually quite a good hitter last year when he was playing. He played about 120 games and um, honestly, good hitter. Uh, He really didn't walk much. He didn't K a whole lot either, but if he Ks a similar amount and walks more, I think he'd be legit one of the better um, DHs in the league because he's not good in the field. He's really not good in the field. Um, but he can hit, he can really hit. I mean, his slash line was only like, it was what? 300, 343, 404 last year. Um, but he can just hit like, I, there's not much else to say. He, he doesn't strike out a whole lot. He swings a lot. I think again, if the walk rate jumps up his walk rate when he was in Miami on the shortened season was 9%. His Walker, it jumps up from last year's 4.4 to like seven to eight to more league average. Way more valuable hitter. I like Harold Ramirez as a DH. That's just a solid lineup. Again, health wise, obviously, but this, this lineup is good. This lineup is very good. Um, and they project to be a top 10 lineup in baseball, according to fan graphs. And I, I can't going into the pitching staff. I can't talk enough about how awesome Shane McClanahan is. Um, elite strikeout guy, fantastic stuff, um, and a true ace. Um, any any team wanting to win the World Series needs a true ace like this. And that's kind of the raise, man. I mean, again, it was it was a fine season last year, and. This year, coming into the year healthy, they lose Kiermaier, but like that's fine. And then they made some trades, obviously. Like Brooks Raley is no longer on the team. 
JT Shark Law is not on the team. G-Man Choi is not on the team. But again, if you make a trade with the Rays, you can basically say you probably lost the trade if you made a trade with the Rays, for the most part. I, I think I think our boy Jerry Depoto has made some good trades with the Rays, but like they they take teams for rides because they're just like, oh, I like this guy's tool. Let's make him into a two-war uh, player out of nowhere. And yeah, I don't have much else to say about the Rays. Not a very changed team from last year. Again, just healthy coming into the year, and I just like the Rays. Um, what is their over-under? What is their win total looking like? According to BetMGM, where is the where are the Rays? Where? Why can't I find the Rays? Am I am I dumb? Or are the Rays not on this list? Hold on. I'm invest the what? The Rays aren't on this list. Why are the Rays not on the over-under list? Did BetMGM forget to put the Rays on this list? If you hear me typing, I'm trying to find another over-under. Because BetMGM in the 2023 MLB win total odds and over-unders, the Tampa Bay Rays are not included. What? Is that an oversight or is that on purpose? Because it's like, eh, screw the race. What the? This is a mystery. I am uncovering a mystery. What is this? What is the? Come on, BetMGM. This is unprofessional. Did you just forget about the race? Which, let's be honest, um, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, if you're going to forget about any franchise, I guess it's the race, even though they've been nationally relevant. Um, for a decade now at least just bear with me i don't want to pause this i can't believe they don't have the rays on that i just listen to me ramble for one second okay i found them i found a win total somewhere else um 88 and a half i'm gonna go over i'm gonna go over 88 and a half i think i think they surpassed 90 and i honestly think they can win this division um it's just tough because Blue Jays and Yankees are also good. And like the Red Sox and Orioles are um, also just good. Like they're not terrible teams, but I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I think this could be the year the Rays win this division and make it run um, after having a somewhat down year last year. So that's the Rays. Now I will talk about the team that I think won't win the division, the New York Yankees. This this team, what an interesting year they had last year. Starting the month of July, on July first, this team was fifty six and twenty one. They went on an absolute tear to start the year. At some point, they were like they were on pace to win like 120 games. Everyone was like, oh, is this the year that the Mariners record is going to get broken? 116 wins. No, absolutely not. I was not buying that shit for a second. Going into last year, I was pretty damn low on this team. And going into this year, I'm low on this team for many reasons. And their second half was, you know, not great. It was fine. It wasn't great. Um, they lost a lot more games than they did in the first half. And 
I, I, they ended up 99 and 63 with a Pythagorean win record of 106 and 56. And I think that's a direct shot at Aaron Boone for being a bad manager. I don't think Aaron Boone is a good manager. I simply do not. And part of the reason why they won so many games down the stretch too was they had Matt Carpenter with some sort of magic powers he got from either his mustache or playing in Yankee Stadium. He got magic powers and was the best hitter in the league for for 30 games somehow. <laughs> I just I they still won 99 games and they end up losing in the playoffs to the Astros, which is fine. The Astros are really good, definitely better than the Yankees. I the projections really like this team to win this division again by like multiple games, and I don't know why. Um, they were astoundingly healthy last year, which is hard to replicate, but also hard to predict against. So I'm not just gonna I'm not throwing the season out this year because I think they're gonna get hurt more. That's not what I'm saying. I just I don't know, man. I don't know. There's something about having a bad manager that I don't enjoy. <laughs> um it's a very interesting team, though, going into this season, for sure. Very interesting team, just because their win totals are really high. They're obviously they're the Yankees. They just signed Carlos Rodon, who got hurt. Uh, they just um, they just re-signed Aaron Judge, which was a great move. They're obviously expected to win this division. I mean, they're the Yankees. They're expected to win the World Series every year. But when's the last time they did that? More than a decade ago. I am surprised Aaron Boone is still the manager. Um, the man showed them like the Boston Red Sox beating them in the playoffs uh, as like a motivational tool in the in the 2022 playoffs, and they go and get smacked by the Astros. Like, what are you doing? I just Aaron Boone. I don't think was a good hire. I don't think he's a good manager. I will keep saying it because a lot of people think he's a good manager. I just simply do not. I think they'd be better off with someone else. Um, but let's let's get into it. I mentioned Rodon. I mentioned Aaron Judge. What's their roster looking like? They brought back Anthony Rizzo as well. Um, and then I'll start at the catcher position. I think that's one of their strongest positions. Jose Trevino, elite defensive catcher. Now we can say that. And Kyle Higashioka, I like him as a backup. Defensively, he's not as good. He's still an above average defender defensively. I like how his offensive... No, I like how his offense projects. He he just hits for a lot of contact, which is interesting from a catcher position. But Trevino and Higashioka, great one too as a cat at a catcher position, catches that rotation in the bullpen really well. Um, and then first base, Anthony Rizzo, like I mentioned, they brought him back. I'm worried about Anthony Rizzo this year. He's a year older, and he has like lower back issues. And from a younger man with lower back issues, I can say that kind of sucks. And I think I don't think he'll play a full season. I think I'm I worry about lower back issues from an older player like Anthony Rizzo. Um, Glaber Torres will play second base this year. Uh, I'm gonna skip over shortstop for a second. Third base, Josh Donaldson, DJ LeMayhew, and IKF will probably share the lion's share of that position. I just again, Josh Donaldson is a year older. DJ LeMayhew is a year older. I don't trust them quite as much as I have year to year especially Josh Donaldson. I think he's in for not a good year at the plate. Left field's tough. 
Uh, Aaron Hicks, I guess, is going to be their starting left fielder. He's not very good. Um, I do, however, think they will bring in a left fielder this season, whether it be Brian Reynolds or someone else. I think they make a move to bring in a left fielder. I think they'd be dumb not to. Uh, and then Harrison Bader, who is just a Yankee through and through. Sometimes guys are just Yankees. You know, he was born to be a Yankee. He f- he felt off on the Cardinals. He definitely, once he put on that Yankee uniform, he turned up and for good reason. Just look at him. He's he's a Yank. Uh, he, he does have a hurt oblique right now, though. I talked about obliques. Obliques are tough, man. Obliques are tough. Um, and then right field, they have this dude. Um... Aaron Judge, I know you probably don't know him as well as his brother Arson Judge, but Aaron Judge is pretty good. Uh, nah, I. How do you top last season if you're Aaron Judge? Do you, I guess you don't, right? Like, what is an unsuccessful Aaron Judge season this year? Like thirty home runs? Is that is that a failed season for him? Like, I think it's expected to him to hit forty plus. And I have full confidence in him hitting 40 plus. But like, how do you top last season? Last season was statistically the best season we've seen since Barry Bonds. And he he had a better season by war than Mike Trout's ever had in his career. It's pretty crazy to say, but what like how do you top it? I guess I would love to ask Yankees fans what they're expecting. Like, I want to know what the threshold is for Aaron Judge to say, like, it was a bad season. Um, but he'll be fine in right field. Uh, and then DH, ideally, Stanton will be the full-time DH and hopefully be healthier than last year. But again, he's old. This team is old, except for this one position at shortstop. And now I'll talk about shortstop. The talk of the offseason for this entire team is shortstop because you've got the best option in Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, the best player on the Yankees by far, who every fan adores. Um, we'll probably play some shortstop, but no. It's it's between two prospects who I'm sure you've heard of, Anthony Volpe, their number one prospect and one of the best prospects in all of baseball, and Oswald Peraza, also a very good prospect. And what I think will happen and what I think should happen is Oswald Peraza will start the year at shortstop. But I think probably Volpe will make it up. Uh, they'll probably manipulate his service time just because he is really young. He's 21. And I don't know what happens from there. I guess they play it out, see who see who hits and does better. Uh, I mean, Oswald Praza can also play the outfield. So maybe what we're looking at to start the year, I just, I know, I don't think Volpe will start the year with the Yankees on the big league team. I think they'll at least manipulate his service time. So I'm expecting Oswald to be the opening day shortstop. If not, it'll be IKF and Oswald Peraza will play um, left field potentially. Aaron Hicks will play right or center and Aaron, like with Bader out, they're going to have to shift up their outfield situation. And I know um, Oswald Cabrera will, he can also play shortstop. He'll probably be full-time outfield. I don't know. I'm looking at this team talking myself into what they could do here. Um, But I don't know. I'm excited to see what Volpe or Praza can do. This really is going to just be who is better and you'll play. Like, earn the position and you'll play. If Glaber does get hurt at second, Oswald Praza will likely play second with Volpe at short. Um, 
I don't know. Volpe is a really good prospect, but expecting him to come up, the expectations are so high. Not only because he's a top prospect, and by every account, every scout says he's great. I haven't heard bad things about Anthony Volpe, but it's the Yankees. It's the shortstop position. That's just so much pressure for a 21-year-old to come up and basically need to perform. Because it's not like he's coming up in a bad team where if he doesn't perform in the first couple of years, eh, it's okay to keep developing uh, into a good player. By the time your team contends, you'll be uh, an all-star, right? No, this team wants to win the World Series now, next year, the year after. That's a lot of pressure to put on Anthony Volpe. It's a lot of pressure to put on Oswald Peraza, to be frank. I mean, he at least played on the team last year. I I don't know what to make of that position, but this is a good lineup. It's just old and aging. Um... And I, I'm not a huge fan of the, the depth. Not a huge fan of the depth. I think IKF gets traded as well, just personally. Because why keep him when you have those two shortstop guys? As well as DJ LeMahieu, who will play third, second, first for them this year. Uh, and then, while I'm on prospects, before I get into the pitching, Jason Dominguez, if you haven't seen... What he's done in spring training, I don't put a lot of stock in spring training, but he just looks like a guy who will hit the cover off the ball any chance he gets. A really powerful switch hitter. Uh, no, he won't start the year with the Yanks. I'm assuming he'll start with double A. Um, but we could see him this year, potentially. If injuries and stuff happen, if he just continues to hit really well, we could see Jason Dominguez up and... <laughs> just really athletic, a really athletic outfielder who has an insane amount of power for how big he is. He's not, cause he's not that big. Uh, I think he's, he's not six. I think he's like five ten, five eleven. He's not that big, but he has tremendous raw power. Um, and it's been fun to watch him hit the absolute cover off of the ball in spring training. But that is the Yankees lineup. I think it's good. Uh, they're going to miss Joey Gallo from last year. I'm gonna, I mean, they might not miss him, but he was in the lineup last year. He's not anymore. But otherwise, the team's pretty unchanged from last year. Um, it's really just kind of like Matt Carpenter and Andrew Benatendi aren't there anymore. Um, but it's really just kind of like, hey, young young fellas, come up here. And the Yankees player development has not been great the past decade plus i mean they haven't really acclimated to the times of developing young talent and they can't just go out and spend more than every team like they used to do like aaron judge is the success story of the yankees development and glaber to a lesser extent but kind of the whole squad that glaber came up with all of them but glaber and like judge have have gone away um but by all, all accounts, Volpe will be a great shortstop. Just a lot of pressure to put on a young kid right now. But I'm not too worried about the offense at all with this team. I'm really not. Um, the offense will be good, no matter what. I think the offense will be good. Let's get into the pitching, because the pitching is where I could see things going awry for this team. I've said that a lot about these AL East teams. Um, I just think the AL East is less uh, pitching depth, good pitching depth, 
God, what am I trying to say? The A at least doesn't have good pitching depth. Uh, Garrett Cole, great ace. Gave up a lot of home runs last year. I don't think that'll change. I think he just... Sometimes he just gives up hard contact and really easily gives up home runs. But he strikes out a lot of people, and he throws 200 innings a year, which an ace in this era that you can basically pencil in for 200 a year, that's kind of unheard of and really, really valuable. They lost Jamison Tyone, who was good for them last year. Um, They traded away Jordan Montgomery middle of the year for Bader, um, but they added Carlos Rodon and Frankie Montas. They added last year midseason. Unfortunately, Frankie Montas is out indefinitely with a shoulder issue. I think he'll probably pitch for the team this year. Fangrass hasn't projected only pitching like 30 innings for them this year, which really blows for them. He was going to be there probably number five. Um, and then Carlos Rodon, who they added, who's awesome. Uh, him and Cole would be one of the better one-two bunches in baseball. I um, I don't know. What, I don't even know if anyone knows what to make of his injury. It's like a forearm strain. Um, he's throwing again, I know, right now. Won't start the year healthy. I'm wondering if that's a thing that'll bother him all year or it's kind of a one-off, um, you know, spring training injury that he'll get over and then throw 150 innings. So I don't know. I I don't know what to make of Rodon, but when he pitches, he's awesome. And then Nestor Cortez burst onto the scene last year, had a great year. Love watching Nestor Cortez, real nifty, real shifty, real fun little crafty lefty man. Um, he's a great pitcher and the way he throws and stuff, his health projects to be way better than most starters in the league. So I'm not too worried about him. It's the back of the rotation and the depth that I just have a big issue with. This is where I just think this team is so weak. Like Luis Severino, when he pitches, he's shown he's good. I just cannot ever pencil him in for a full season ever. Um, he threw a hundred innings last year. I find it hard to believe he'll throw more than half a season this year unless luck serves him right. And then Domingo Herman is their other guy who, again, I don't think will stay healthy. Um, and I, I, he's like a guy, if he threw like 170 innings a year with his, you know, mid fours ERA, I'd be fine with it. Cause you're throwing a lot of innings, but I don't necessarily need you to be a hundred and guy throwing four. 4.5 year eight ball. Although he was good last year, I will say, but his FIP was closer to the mid fours where um, he sat in his career. So with Montas and Rodon hurt, it's tough with this team pitching wise. They projected all healthy, the best pitching staff in the league. I just, after the top three, especially with, I just, Ramon and Severino, I don't know if you can trust anymore. Um, the bullpen, bullpen's good though. Clay Holmes is filthy. Um, Jonathan Lelizaga, Johnny Lasagna is pretty awesome. Filthy as well. Wandy Peralta, Michael King. Um, they got they got horses in the bullpen for sure. Lutrobino hasn't really worked out for them. Um, Tommy Canley has been hurt a lot. Uh, Luis Heal um, will probably be hurt for most of this year as well. Another guy who could potentially start him and Johnny Lasagna. Johnny Lasagna might start some games this year depending on health. Um, but those top four. Holmes, uh, Eliza Peralta King, just great relievers. Greg Weissert has some really filthy stuff as well. After that, I'm a little worried depth wise again. 
Um, they lost Lucas Lickie out of the bullpen last year and Aroldis Chapman to um, pretty integral lefties to what they wanted to do in the bullpen last year. I don't know. I I was low on this team coming into last year, and they proved me wrong at the start of the year. And then they played more like I expected them in the last or latter half. And I think that's more what they'll do this year. I don't think they'll win close to 100 this year. If they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong. I just don't believe in Aaron Boone. I simply do not believe in Aaron Boone. And I'm surprised he's still um, still the manager, <laughs> to be quite honest. I think, uh, I think this is a make or break year for him, to be quite honest. Uh, and I think it breaks, and I think he they have a bad year. Um, but without further ado, I get into the win total. I'm done talking about the Yankees. Win total is set at 95.5, which is tough. I'm going to take the under. I'm just going to be a hater on this team and take the under um, because for hate purposes only. For hate purposes only. Uh-huh. But that's it for the Yankees. Now I'll get into talking about potentially the division winner. The Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. What did they do last year? Well, they went 92 and 70, and their Pythag was 91 and 71. So, right on. Uh, notably, lost the AL Wildcard series to the Seattle Mariners in a totally not heartbreaking fashion. I remember um, no hearts were broken in those games at all. Nothing notable happened. Um, we can move on. <laughs> uh, this is a good team. A team that I feel like everyone is expecting to be a perennial uh, contender now, and they probably will be. Uh, tremendously healthy team last year. I mean, all of their starting lineup essentially played like 130 plus games last year. Uh, they're all pretty healthy. The rotation was pretty healthy. Bullpen was pretty healthy. I don't know. Things go wrong with the rotation of this team. It's not groundbreaking analysis to say the offense is fine and very good, and the pitching was all right. Uh, um, a big free agent signing for them was Jose Barrios and also Kevin Gosman. And boy, could they not have pitched differently last year. Gosman's great. I love Gosman. I've been rooting for him for a long time. He's finally, like, finally, the past couple of years, has been putting it together. Great splitter, elite splitter. Uh, but Jose Barrios is my, he's like the all time answer for me of watching him pitch without looking at any of his numbers. He looks like the best pitcher in the world sometimes. Just his stuff has always been nasty, but just then is not, you look at his numbers and it's like, oh, 5.3 ERA, like 1.4 whip, 74 ERA plus. Yeah, you know, I don't, just don't know what to, what to make of him at this point. He just gives up a lot of hits, a lot of hard contact. He gives up a lot of home runs. Obviously, it's just a lack of control, but I'm surprised the stuff doesn't balance it out. I don't know, man. Uh, it's hard for him to get worse than he was last year, so maybe that's a positive, right? I don't know. I don't. I, I just don't know, man. Um, but the key, key things they did this offseason – um, they lost, they lost a couple guys of free agency, like David Phelps. They lost Ross Stripling, which hurts because he was, um, actually pretty good for them at the back half of their rotation last year. He was very, just a solid, consistent starting pitcher. 
Um, but the additions really this this offseason in particular, um, I guess I'll say uh, Chad Green for the bullpen's fine. Brandon Belt on a one-year deal as a depth first baseman's fine too. I still think he can hit. Kevin Kiermaier as well as a uh, depth outfielder is good. But then there's a couple, made a couple trades. But first, Chris Bassett, they signed to a three-year deal. Chris Bassett's a great pitcher to just replace Ross Stripling um, and be a consistent performer in that rotation, something that they desperately need. Uh, I think Manoa, Gosman, Bassett is a really good three, a really good top three. Uh, after that, again, it gets a little dicey, but we'll get into that later. And then they made three trades, actually. They acquired Zach Thompson from the Pirates, who I think provides good starting pitching depth as well as will slot into that rotation pretty nicely. And then they made the big trade with the Mariners. They traded Teoscar Hernandez for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. Mako, a lefty starting pitcher who the Mariners developed to be pretty solid in the minors. Uh, I don't know if we'll see him up in the bigs this year. Uh, I, I doubt it. To be honest, I think he's at least a year or two out, but projects to be pretty good starter down the line. Eric Swanson's a great reliever, though. I think nationally underrated. I think that really helps in their bullpen. Um, surprisingly, very good against lefties. Has an elite cutter that is very hard um, for lefties to hit. He locates it really well, and it, it, it cuts just under the swing path of most lefties, and that's why he's kind of elite against lefty pitching even as a right-handed pitcher. Um, so that was a good trade, mortgaging some of their offense for pitching or for a good bullpen arm that they kind of desperately need. And then the big, big trade, I guess, was they got Dalton Varshow from the Diamondbacks. And when this trade happened, I was so hyped for the Blue Jays. Not that I'm a fan, but I love, love, love Dalton Varshow. Looking at the man... You wouldn't expect him to be the best defensive outfielder in the league, but but he is. But he is. It's crazy to look at him and, and see he has elite range. He makes the right plays. He has a good arm. Uh, and his bat started to come along last year, and I think it will play really well um, in the Blue Jays stadium. And again, they they mortgage a position of strength catcher. They traded Gabriel Moreno and then Lourdes Gurriel. Um, Reno being their top prospect, but the catching position is kind of cluttered. And even if he ends up being a really good player, the Blue Jays won't regret it because they have two of the best catchers in the league in Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk, two of the literally two of the best catchers in the league um, sharing the catcher position for this team, which is crazy. So they mortgage a position of strength for something they kind of need. They need a guy who will hit pretty well, but is just an elite center field defensive, defensively center fielder. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I assume he'll play center field, but they have Kiermaier, who is also a great defensive center fielder. Um, but this, this is the best defensive cent- outfield in the league. I guess Varsho in left, potentially Kiermaier in center, Springer in right. That is an elite defensive center field and will be very helpful for this pitching staff going forward. Um, I thought that was a great trade. I'm probably higher on Don Varsho's offense than a lot of people, but I think he'll continue to develop into a good offensive player. 
And if he's an above-average offensive player with the kind of defense he provides, that is a fantastic outfielder. So that was just a good. It's a good offseason for this team. A very solid offseason. And then largely the team is unchanged besides then. I mean, those are pretty big changes, but a couple really big changes rather than a lot of little changes. Um, Most of the team is, is still here. Most of the team is still here. And that's good. This team was good last year. And I think they addressed some of the things they weren't good at last year. Um, And I think they project to have a really good offense, but also, like I said, even like the infield defense, like Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk are both solid defensive catchers. I know Vlad Guerrero Jr. is not great defensively at first, but whatever. Uh, Santiago Espinal is a good defender. Bo Bichette is a weird defender. The the analytics, the sabermetrics don't like his defense really that much. And I really do think it's because he lacks range at shortstop where a lot of shortstops are way better than him. They get to a lot more balls. Um, but Bo Bichette, when he... He he makes good plays at shortstop. He just doesn't have the best range. Uh, Matt Chapman at third base. Still, one of the best defensive third basemen in the league. Him and Arenado have been that too uh, for a long time now. Uh, just an, an elite lineup. Everyone knows it by now. An elite lineup in terms of uh, war. Fangraphs projects them as the best lineup by war in baseball, just ahead of the Padres, Yankees, and Braves, and Dodgers. And for good reason. That is a banging lineup. An absolutely banging lineup. That like, And that's with modest Vlad Guerrero projections because he's just kind of been a weird guy the past few years. He, he could hit 40 home runs every year because uh, when he hits the ball, God, he hits the ball hard, and you see it in his home runs but he cannot stop hitting the ball into the ground. His launch angle is all fucked up. He hits so many ground balls so hard, and if he can figure out how to turn some of those ground balls into line drives or fly balls, his stats will jump off the page. I mean, talk about ceiling. Uh, (laughs) I'm hoping he does that this year. It's just so confusing to watch a guy with so much power hit the ball into the ground so much. But I hope I'm I'm sure they're working on that in the offseason, and I hope he will kind of remedy that um, this this season. And that is that is their offense. the The issue I have is offensive depth, or at least in the field depth, because right now they're fine at catcher, obviously, but like in the infield, their their backup first baseman is Brandon Belt, which is good, but then. Like up the middle, their depth is just I don't I'm not a fan. Like you have Whit Merrifield, and that's about it. Kevin Biggio, I guess. I just uh, if the team's rife with injuries, I don't know who they turn to up the middle. I guess like Addison Barger is projected to get some plate appearances, but really like third base, shortstop, and second base, they have Espinal, Merrifield, Bichette, Chapman, and Biggio. That's five guys. I don't I don't. Biggio is really there's only expectations for him because he has his last name. I don't think he's gonna stick around as a very good MLB player. Five guys for those three positions, basically. Um, I just I they could use another utility guy who can play those positions. I think because uh, I don't see who will be good off the bench for them in those positions. I mean they have 
Arelvis Martinez, one of their top prospects. And again, like I said, Addison Barger is another one of their top prospects. But relying on prospects for depth when you're trying to win a World Series can be a little dicey for sure. Um, but we'll see how well they turn out. I don't know a whole lot about them. I know Addison Barger just might be a utility guy going forward. I don't know if anything really jumps off the page for him. Um, and I know Orelvis Martinez. I know he's a power guy, big power guy, and like a strong arm, like one of the a classic guy like that. He's pretty big, but I don't know. I haven't heard many uh, Blue Jays people talk about them or how good they're going to be or how how many plate appearances they expect to get this year. I just I don't know. That's my only issue with this lineup is depth. But they were really healthy last year, and if that's any indication on the type of players these guys are, or the type of uh, medical staff they have, even. That's a good sign. So depth might not be as big of an issue for this team as others, I guess. Uh, Pitching-wise, again, Alec Manoa is great. Kevin Gosman's great. Chris Bassett is great. That's a great top three. And then Barrios and Kikuchi after that, mm, you know, I don't know, man. Kikuchi just hasn't quite been as advertised coming over from uh, from Japan with the Mariners and now he's on the Jays. He just hasn't quite looked amazing um they really hope to get Hinjin Ryu back he had Tommy John and I know he's I think he started to throw this spring uh I think and I I don't know if he'll pitch very much if if they get him back it'll be late in the year but if they get him back in a playoff push or for the playoffs that's huge but I'm not factoring him into my season expectations like regular season um, yeah, after that, it's Mitch White, Nate Pearson. Like, I don't know. I think they potentially will be buyers at the deadline for um, a, a reliever slash starter type, I guess, who can provide starting depth. I I just don't know what – again, I don't – I have no clue what to make of Barrios anymore. I guess at the very least they want him to throw a lot of innings. Like last year, he may have been pretty bad, but he threw 172 innings, which is still valuable. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, the bullpen got better too. Like I said, they got um, they got Eric Swanson, and they have Jordan Romano, who's a good closer. Anthony Bass is good. Yumi Garcia, Adam Simber, Tim Meza, Nate Pearson, Trevor Richard, Zach Pop. These are all decent relievers. I'm not super worried about their bullpen. More just starter depth. Um, more depth than in general on this team. They could, I, they'll be buyers at the deadline. I'm intrigued to see what they do because they could use they could use another outfielder to be frank, as well. Like really, the team doesn't go very deep in in any other positions. Like again, Kevin Biggio might end up playing like seven positions this year just out of need. Because um, beyond Kiermaier, Varsho, and Springer, you have. Wet Merrifield playing a good portion of corner outfield, maybe. If any of those guys get hurt, again, Kevin Biggio, like Nathan Lukes. I don't know. They need a super utility guy like a Chris Taylor. A Chris Taylor would make this team complete, and I would potentially put them as my, my favorite to come out of the American League. I don't know. Maybe it won't matter. Maybe this team will just be uber healthy and it won't matter at all. That's very possible because baseball is a stupid sport like that. But yeah, I'm excited. I think 
I'm going to eat the trash and I'm going to say the Blue Jays win this division. I believe in this team. I truly do believe in this team. Uh, I really like the offense or the um, the offseason additions. I think that takes last year's team and just elevates the floor of it. Just it it highlighted um, their need. Uh, they were really smart decisions. I think, again, there will be buyers at the deadline and that might make or break the season potentially, but it all kind of comes down to health. Um, and honestly comes down to like, in terms of wins in the regular season, Kikuchi and Berrios. Not worried about those top three. Kikuchi and Berrios, a lot rides on them just being better than they were last year. Uh, and they were bad last year. So if they can get their ERAs down into the mid to low fours and throw 100-plus innings, that is a big win for the Blue Jays because uh, that's way better than both of them did last year. Jose Barrios, his uh, peripherals, like his FIP, um, was was way lower compared to his ERA. I I don't know if I'm necessarily buying that he was that much better of a pitcher than his raw stats showed, simply because I the hard contact he gave up was really alarming, and the amount of base runners he would put on every inning was pretty alarming, which led to um maybe a higher ERA like maybe maybe the def maybe the defensive upgrades they made will will make Kikuchi and Barrios that much better I just I just don't know uh I just don't know but those are their x factors the back half of their rotation uh maybe they acquire a starter at the deadline too I don't know um that really is what will make or break this team especially come October is uh, this team's built for a wild card series? I say that as they lost in heartbreaking fashion last year, but they really are built for a wild card series, um, just because by virtue of having three really good starting pitchers, a solid bullpen, a great offense. But then after that, in a series that would go five or seven, it gets a little bit more dicey with having to start Barrios or Kikuchi in a playoff game and having to claw back from a potential. Um, lead that they they give up in the first. I, I I don't know. I do really like this team. I do really like this team. So what is their over under? Their over under is are the Jays on here? Yes, they are. Ninety two and a half. I will take the over. I will take the over on the Blue Jays. Ninety two and a half. I think they win this division in the mid nineties. Um, I don't know. This this division is gonna be really fun to watch this year. Uh. Like I said, the Rays, the Jays, and the Yankees obviously are the favorites. The Yankees being the favorite, and then the Jays and the Rays are kind of projected similarly. I think the Jays are projected to win a little bit more than the Rays, but like a a division with three teams projected all within around. Let me look. Let me look at my proprietary graph that I made for myself with these win totals, uh, combining multiple, uh, combining Zips and Pakoda together. Yankees, 93-ish. Toronto, 89-ish. Rays, 87, 86-ish. That's great for the three teams that could win the World Series, all projected within like five to six wins of each other. A lot can go wrong or well in baseball to make a team win that many games um, above what they're supposed to, below what they're supposed to, based on run score and all that. I don't know. A lot could break for this Blue Jays team, and I think I like them. I'm gonna. I'm taking the Jays. 
Jays are going to win the division. I think the Rays get second. I'll say it. Yankees are getting third. Hot take alert. Yankees are getting third. Orioles are getting fourth. Red Sox are getting fifth. Um, but yeah, the Red Sox and the Orioles are not going to make it easy on those top three teams to win the division, though. Uh, they got quality. They are wanting to win as well. They're not tanking. They're not awful. They're wanting to win games. Uh, and yeah, this will be a really fun division, man. I'm excited about it. But with that, season preview over. Only two more left. I think um, it's the West divisions left. So I think I'll probably preview the NL West next and then the AL West last. And then I will do a special uh, Mariners only preview after the the uh, AOS one drops as well. So three more before the season starts getting them all in at the last minute. Been a little busy in my personal life. Um, also particularly with March madness, been a little busy watching that too. So those will all be out before the season starts. I have no worries about that, but look forward to more preview series is thanks for listening this far. Please rate and review, do everything, do all that. Read the sub stack, follow me on Twitter, interact with me on Twitter, recommend us to your friends. Thanks for listening this far and have a good rest of your day.